Can you reanimate the living? What happens if you shoot a potato with a potato gun? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello and welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast where myself, Kit Grimalvana, and this guy across from me, Roy Pars, investigate a different paranormal tale and try and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I just got back from a brief trip home to Northern Ireland uh, where it was beautiful and sunny and I got incredibly sunburnt, uh, which is where I am right now. I look like a lobster boy sitting in the podcast studio. And that must be under all the bandages because you look like a <laughs> mummy, sir. But I had a lovely time and uh, I got that out of my system. Now I'm back to London, back in the dark cave, and I'm ready to explore the world of the paranormal. It's kind of the wrong way around, isn't it? I don't think people think of getting sunburnt when they think of going to Ireland on holiday. Yeah, it caught me. Well, it definitely caught me off guard because I wasn't wearing any sunscreen. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty damn fitting, Roy, because today's story starts like all good stories do in Ireland. Ooh. A pasty white idiot was home visiting his family. All right, Close all right. to the bone. <laughs> his sunburnt little ass sat naked on Port Stewart Strand. Okay, it's about me. Just say it. <laughs> Reddit user HelpfulPerson1 was on holiday in County Clare, Ireland. This is too good. On holiday. Was on is, holiday. We didn't plan this, by the way. I, like <laughs> yeah, In County Clare with her mother. The two were having fun, being typical tourists, taking pictures of the rolling green hills and learning about Irish folklore. So this is this sounds like it's a real uh, American people abroad in, which again is incredibly fitting. But but more people who haven't been to Ireland before, you know, visiting I, for the first time, I'm imagining they got an absolute bucket list of things they need to do: drink Guinness. Uh, of course, click kiss the Blarney Stone. Isn't that a thing people do? Go see the Giant's Causeway. Sure. Capture a banshee with their bare hands. And yeah, of course. Sell it to a local freak show. One afternoon, wandering through town, she struck up conversation with an elderly local man. Like us, helpful person one is a paranormal enthusiast and had a real interest in Irish legends. Hmm. After a few minutes of chat, she dared to ask him if he believed too. The old man's eyes lit up. He said... I do. And my father saw a leprechaun once. Clear as day he saw it. Whoa, all right. We're we're jumping right into it. At this point, she regrets asking. She's trying to get away. He's got her by the arm. I'm going to take you to where I saw it. (laughs) He explains that his father had grown up in a rural village deep in the Irish countryside. Only a hundred people lived there. As a boy, he was walking home from school to the outskirts of town where his family lived. One day... He was walking along, and just before his house, he saw a wee fella sitting on the side of the road. The lad was tiny. (laughs) This guy sounds like he needs to take a minute because he's he's like almost out of breath telling this story. You can't believe someone, everyone in this town hates this guy, by the way. He's found one tourist, one dumbass tourist who's willing to listen to his stupid stories. And he's breathlessly trying to get it out. I like to think he hunts them down like prey. (laughs) As soon as he sees one dumb looking American with a backwards baseball cap. And socks and sandals and shorts. (laughs) He sprints towards them. He said the lad was tiny. He gestured, holding his hands just two feet apart. He was wearing tweed. A vest and all, a hat, you know, red hair, 
and he was sitting down making leather shoes. I think we've established <laughs> on, on previous episodes that my Southern Irish accent is really indistinguishable from a pirate voice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very thin line. <laughs> <laughs> the young boy froze in his tracks, unable to believe what he was seeing. He blinked and looked around, thinking his eyes must be playing tricks in him. But looking back to the same spot, there the little guy was. The kid got brave and started walking towards the leprechaun. When he was around three meters away, he hit an invisible barrier. Whoa! It was as if the tiny man was protected by a force field. And even though the boy was as close as he could physically get, the little man hadn't so much as glanced up. Starting to feel a little afraid, he turned and ran towards his house, calling his sister's name. Roshin! Roshin! Get out here now! There's a leprechaun on the road! Wow, it's really like going back in time to our childhood. That's exactly what Rory sounded like as a boy. She burst outside to see, but there was nothing there. It was as if the tiny man had disappeared into thin air. Wow. Rory, how much do you know about leprechauns? I don't know why the weirdest part of this story for me is the fact that he was making leather shoes. Mm. Is that a part of leprechaun lore that I didn't know about? <laughs> uh, it, actually, <laughs> it actually is. Uh, researching this case, that kind of felt like news to me. There's <laughs> something kind of weird and sad that this like beautiful little mystic magical entity also has to make his own shoes out of real leather because no one's selling him little shoes. And he's famous for having an infinite amount of money too. Yeah! Why does he need a job? Because in my in my head, he could be, you know, uh, butt-ass naked and like, oh, <laughs> click his fingers and he's, yeah. got, he's fully dressed with a little top hat on. He's so wearing Yeezys. He could wear whatever he wants. Yeah, so there's something so sad about seeing this this beautiful, magical little creature. He's just like on a doorstep just being like, come on, you f- little piece of shit. You goddamn bust a heel yesterday. And then you see him and he's like, oh, oh, hello there. Like, hiding the leather behind him. Oh, oh. I see you've got the Jordan Air Force Ones on you. Do they do them in a two, laddie? Do they do them in a minus three? <laughs> I love that. Just like muffled, frustrated leprechaun noises. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's so weird. It's just like, imagine bumping into Bigfoot and he's like knitting a sweater or something. Bigfoot, but he's having to like shovel snow from his driveway. Just like something so mundane. Yeah. Something so just, I can't be bothered having to do this. So I think we all have some idea about what leprechauns are. They're usually described as miniature old men dressed in green, wearing buckled shoes and a pointed or top hat. Uh, They might also wear a leather apron or maybe smoking a pipe. I know what you're thinking. This sounds exactly like regular old men in Ireland. It sounds like my dad. (laughs) (laughs) But, But this is a miniature version of an old man in Ireland. Got it, got it. The name seems to come from the 8th century water spirits called Lookerpan or something like that. But eventually a modified version of this name was given to mischievous household fairies that haunted cellars and drank heavily. Uh, Interestingly to what you're saying, Roy, the word could also have its roots in the Irish term for a shoemaker. I'm going to butcher this, but something like Leithbrogan. Ah, okay. So it it is kind of a part of the story in the lore. Because apparently they make shoes. Because I didn't realize this, but you know the way they call, like, 
There's a specific type of leather shoe, the one with all the fancy holes and patterns on it, and they're called brogues. Yes. And that's what they call them all around the world. And that comes from the Irish word for shoes. Ah, I did not know that either. Pretty interesting stuff. Don't don't say we don't ever teach you stuff on this podcast, because that's a little nugget of truth that, uh, you know, that's some valuable stuff right there. You can whip that out at a pub next time you're out. Don't don't Google it, though, because... (laughs) Because it might, well, it might not be on there, is the thing. And stop there. Don't tell them a lot about this leprechaun shit that we're going to be going on to, because that's how you lose a bunch of friends. Yeah, take it from me. That's how you'll ruin a first date. And let's face it, the shoemaking gig has to be a front, because there's no way these little rats are making that much gold just fixing shoes. Everybody knows... A leprechaun has a pot of gold, which you can only find at the end of a rainbow. Yeah, never more, strangely. Always just a pot. Mm. And it's pretty. It's a pretty stacked pot, but it's never like a dragon-style hoard of cash, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Weird, I, I feel it? like in the images, it's always like a cauldron either. It's not yeah. a, It's not like a saucepan pot. Oh, no, no, no. It's a, it's a very specific one, which maybe is like an inheritance thing. Everyone gets one when they come of age, leprechaun age. Who knows? Mm. I wanted to make clear, uh, our researcher Amy has written here that, quote, there are other ways to squeeze cash out of the little bastards. Uh, if Rude. You, if you steal a leprechaun's Why rib, do we hate she, them already? She's automatically angry. <laughs> you call them a little rat, like, five minutes ago. We're, we, they haven't even done anything in a story yet except exist. And we're already like, these f- the gold they have it and i want it they're little teases they flaunt the gold and they play tricks with humans well that's well we haven't established any of that yet all i know is that they make shoes and can they're basically they're like rich people in like medieval times throwing gold coins to us mere muggles right getting us to dance for them this is like a little two-foot jeff bezos (laughs) giving you one day of holiday as a treat before disappearing onto a private island. Please, miniature Jeff, I need a bathroom. No, 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 you can piss in a bottle. <laughs> if you want another coin, you'll have to piss in a bottle. Like, Why don't you Amazon Prime yourself a wee bucket to piss in? By the way, we've been walking for three days and you haven't given me one coin. Can I go? <laughs> uh, yes, she writes... There are other ways to squeeze cash out of these little bastards. If you steal a leprechaun's ring or amulet, you can barter with them to give you gold, which it's not actually bartering, Amy. I think that's theft and blackmail. Yeah. Uh, It's like saying you can get a pirate's buried treasure if you tie him to a chair and waterboard him into telling you where the treasure is. (laughs) A little life hack, actually. (laughs) But apparently this is how it works. A trapped leprechaun has to offer you three wishes in return for its freedom. Oh, wow. Um, again, more layers to this lore I didn't realize. They're kind of genies that way. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was all about the gold at mm-hmm. the end of the rainbow. The ground wishes like the as three well. wishes is better than the gold, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I'll take the... One of the wishes could be the fucking gold. But before you start filling the boot of your car with cable ties, baseball bats, and shovels looking for a leprechaun, let me warn you, don't underestimate a leprechaun. They're tricky characters that can and will deceive you given the chance. For example, there's one story where a cornered leprechaun surrendered the location of its buried gold to a man. He didn't have a spade with him, so he left a piece of red cloth on a tree above the spot where the gold is supposed to be and let the leprechaun go. When he came back later, every single tree in the field had been draped with an identical red cloth and he had no idea which one marked the hidden treasure. Ooh. 
That's the Leprechaun really having a bit of a giggle as well, because he could have just taken down the single cloth when he left. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, he's like, I'm really going to f*** with him. So I've got true. nothing to do this afternoon. I've got nothing to do for the next hundred years. I'm going to f*** with this guy so hard. There's a level of petty, isn't there, involved? It's true. This. It reminds me a little bit like, uh, you know, Loki, the god of mischief. Mm. They kind of get off on a bit of uh, a bit of mischief. That's what it sounds like. So true. But it's also said that kindness goes a long way with leprechauns, and they're more likely to be generous if you aren't a dick to them. There's an old legend about a man who let a leprechaun have a ride on his horse, and then returned home to find his crumbling old house filled floor to ceiling with gold. Wow. Okay. That does sound a little bit like uh, a money laundering kind of explanation. Yeah, I gave a leprechaun a lift. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's how I got my fortune, yeah. (laughs) So that's interesting to know that, you know, your automatic approach shouldn't, even though they are tricksy little mischievous fairy people, don't go straight to violence, don't go straight to hog tying them and demanding things. There's a way to win them over and gain their favor. But how do you go about it? Do Do you go up and you're like, hey, he tossed me a couple of coins of gold. He's like, what? I don't owe you shit. Why are you talking to me? Yeah, this person got lucky because he encountered the leprechaun in a situation where the leprechaun required something from him. And that's the way to do it. You need to find a leprechaun that is being uh, bitten by a wolves ripped apart or is like in a rainstorm or something that you can mm. offer them the hand, a little branch of a friendship, you know? Yeah, you, yeah. actually, you're onto something here. If you release wolves in the vicinity of a leprechaun yeah. and then say you will control <laughs> the wolves only if they... Uh, this is back to blackmail, You actually. need to gaslight a leprechaun <laughs> into giving you its gold. But again, I mean, this comes back to our Jeff Bezos analogy. I mean, it's very similar. Jeff Bezos has the power to grant uh, untold riches upon any man, woman, or child he meets. Yeah. Now... If you kidnap Jeff Bezos and force him to give you uh, his stuff, I'm not saying he's a trickster, but it might not go that well for you. You might end up in jail. Very Um, true. So you kind of have to rely on Jeff Bezos wanting something from you. You need to wait until he's choking on a piece of steak at a fancy (laughs) restaurant and you can rush over and give him the Heimlich maneuver and save his life and then he's like oh thank you so much here's a pot of gold here's a pot of amazon stock right my friend <laughs> thank you for saving my life and in terms of the specifics of finding a leprechaun out in the wild uh i didn't expect this apparently what you're listening out for <laughs> is the ta- the tiny tapping of a tiny cobbler's hammer <laughs> on a shoe the shoe thing again uh, if you hear one of those nearby there's a leprechaun working on some shoes i mean it makes sense like how else are you going to hear them unless you hear listen into the distance and hear like a little yeah or a little uh little heels on a cobblestone path or something yeah wow i didn't know the shoe thing was was such a huge part of it apparently so we've talked a little bit about what who they are what they do what they want in life uh i started wondering if there was anything in terms of actual physical evidence we can use to prove if leprechauns are real well that's it you know on this podcast we love to talk about these wild stories we did dragons uh not too long ago another mythological fantasy creature but at the end of the day you need the stories you need the the stories that happened in the 21st century and they're caught on camera with an iPhone. Well, let's not get it. I don't know if I can do 21st <laughs> century. <laughs> I was 16th, my friend. 
you're so right, because without footage, it's fiction. In my research, I came across this video from 1990 of a man called PJ O'Hare, who claims to be in possession of some god-tier evidence. Hmm. You're never going to believe why I'm on this mountain overlooking Carlingford in County Live. And come to think of it, I find it hard to believe myself, because I'm told that on this mountain, the little people really exist. In fact, this man, Kevin Woods, who's the chairman of the Carlingford Tourism Association, firmly believes that there are little people in these mountains, so much so that he's having a leprechaun hunt on Easter Sunday. Good Lord. But before we talk to him, let's meet the man who claims to have met the people who have met the fairies. That man is PJ O'Hare, a Carlingford publican who has in his possession the clothes of a leprechaun. Holy shit! I said it was God tier. Overlooking the village. People, we're looking about a, a full little leprechaun suit he's showing off here. Bones? Leprechaun bones? He's got the skeleton and clothes of a fucking leprechaun. It looks like he ate it like a KFC bucket. So I went along with him, and when we went over to a place called the Wishing Well, on the ground we found these three pieces, the hat and the tunic and the trousers, just scattered as if they'd been discarded suddenly and haphazardly and i'm also meant to tell you that there were coins with <laughs> with the suit there were coins laying on the ground four coins the contact brendan has with this authority this professor Morn or mr Morn, is that the story has happened in other parts of ireland where a leprechaun has been attacked by a demon <laughs> oh! He took, a, he took a winding route to get to that conclusion. Jesus! The leprechaun then can throw off his clothes. And if you ever saw the film The Incredible Hulk, he can... <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> he can expand himself into a figure. Now, as big possibly as a sheep or a ram standing on his hind legs or a greyhound standing on his hind legs. Can we have a closer look? I'm sorry. So this he... is the wildest video we have ever played on this so podcast before. He turned... <laughs> So his clothes were discarded because he turned into the Hulk. So these people encountered a leprechaun demon showdown. Oh my God, there's a drawing. They've done a little drawing of him. Do you really believe in leprechauns? Yes. I believe that PJ has found the suit and bones and sovereigns on the mountain. And I believe some of the stories that I've heard about leprechauns. Um, You're listening to a man who looks overwhelmingly like a leprechaun, by the way. They all look like <laughs> leprechauns. That's the <laughs> twist. That's the he dirty secret. Like, you're like a Christmas elf. I'm sorry. We do, there's so much happening. I need to pause that. Yeah, this is a hard... This, the insanity of this video is very hard to get across in there's audio a form. I'm just, there's a poster they're showing here for the uh, Easter Sunday leprechaun hunt. Uh, with diagrams of leprechauns and uh, £4,000 in bounties available. It's like f***ing Red Dead. <laughs> They've got bounties <laughs> on their heads. Wow. So, Roy, there's a close-up of the skeletal remains of this leprechaun. Th this is the one from the video? Yeah, for PJ O'Hare. So, the that's one thing publican. I was going to say is, you know, when he pointed out the bones uh, in the case right by the clothes, I thought they <clears throat> some of them looked a little large. Right. I thought it was uh, it was a little bit big. Um, and yes, here we do have bones laid out on a table, I should say, to completely form a little person's body. 
I'm not a doctor, but I feel like some of these some of these aren't being used for what they should have been. Right, they're not in the right place because they've been laid out as if it's the full skeleton you'd get in a of a, for a of a of a dinosaur in a museum where it's all laid out proportionally. But some of these bones don't add up. No, so, so for example, <laughs> the leg bones uh, is just one bone. So this leprechaun would have no <laughs> knees or feet. It's just one large bone. <laughs> His, uh, you know, all the better for fighting demons. <laughs> His shoulders, his shoulder bones or collar bones, I don't know what they are, look like American football shoulder pads. And then um, the rest of his arm is, again, one bone. No elbow, no bends, no hands it's or fingers. Stick, man. It's wild. It's a stick figure. You know, you, again, this is, a, this is a mythological creature. I don't know its genetic makeup, its skeletal makeup, but I can see how these could be bones from another creature okay reorganized into the shape of a little person i do appreciate that they've put it on a table and put uh coins next to it just so you get the so, scope yeah, it's a complete down. image yeah but then to make it extra confusing they've placed it right by what looks like novelty tiny bottles of guinness <laughs> sure so it also kind of looks massive in a weird way <laughs> right right <laughs> like we can tell that it is small but it's a confusing image why would you do that uh, uh wow because that would be the size of guinness the little guy would drink i so guess are these coins the coins that were found with the creature or? i actually don't know it probably is because because he... i've never seen i don't know what that is. it's got a picture of a horse on it and they look pretty worn i've never i don't know any coin that has a picture of a horse well on now it. you mention it let me have a look do you remember the old currency of ireland like punts no not really before the euro ireland had its own currency and i think it was punts and they were pretty cool all the coins had animals on them um ah. they had, like horses and stags and stuff maybe that's what it is from, then from mythology so i don't know if that's what that is um but it does look a bit like the old coins money is so goddamn boring these days yeah it really went downhill i like i wish currency and coins still looked like pirate gold yeah like all misshapen and shit like golden doubloons that would have been great i want to bite every coin i get yeah detest it yeah you're so right I, I would like some gnarled massive gold coins i want them novelty size get gold coins yeah ones that you could like if you went to a bar you could flick it onto the countertop and that would cover your drinks for the night oh yeah i would settle tight for... with a skull on it and it hits like gong and they're like of course sir and they give you a, four bottles of rum i think i just want pirate money now so I'm thinking of... <laughs> yeah, i just want to be a pirate yeah now that i think of no, my... i want to f- ship and sail the world on the seven I seas get f- scurvy <laughs> and have my f- teeth fall out bro I would settle for, we were watching John Wick 3 last night, mm-hmm. and John Wick does a lot of that, doesn't he? For some reason, assassins pay for everything with gold coins. So I've never seen a single John what? Wick movie. I know, I've you had multiple people tell me that I would love it, but I've just never, oh, I've never seen will. it. Weirdly, there are always movies that are available to watch on flights. Yeah. But it's oh, yeah. always John Wick 2 and 3. <laughs> they never have yeah, John Wick true. 1. So I've that's never true. seen the first one and I can't watch the second. So You but can. Yeah. I'll be honest. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of 
story. It's like, I just told you the shit about the coins. That's all you really needed to know going into number two. I think two. Somewhat, like, I think the entire premise of the three movies and him killing about 2,000 people is, uh, I don't know, someone kicked his dog or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we've talked about, um, you know, we're, we're always looking at ways to um, expand the Patreon and do cool, cool things for the listeners of the show. And that was one thing I think we talked about at one point was like how much would it cost to get like a golden coin made for the paranormal commune. Right. That's like a token that would be like on a reward tier, like 50 bucks or something. You sign up, you get your golden coin in the mail. And then uh, that coin grants you access to the paranormal commune when it's finished completion, you know, when it's fully built. You can sure. show up one day and hand over that coin and the person at the desk will be like, welcome, welcome home. You're so right. I want I want to next live show if we're selling merchandise or something like that. I don't want anyone to have to like, oh, get out their Apple Pay. Oh, pay using their watch or oh, get out like a little uh, 20 pound note out of their wallet. Yeah, like Paper a nerd. Money. I want them to look us straight in the eyes and go for the brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. And then they place a single large gold coin slide it across the table to us. <laughs> time for the egg harvest <laughs> slide it across <laughs> and i go that's actually quite a lot of value do you have any change <laughs> i don't have change for one doubloon a solid gold coin yeah or you know what would be cool you know what would be a cool thing to do on the sorry we're getting really sidetracked here <laughs> you know what would be a cool thing to do on the patreon all right if on a certain tier you realize that when you just air these things publicly people are gonna really... to like thousands and thousands of listeners we then have to do it so speak <laughs> carefully here what what about uh on a certain it would have to be a high level tier but it, it'd be a ring right okay. <laughs> and if you with with some cool shit carved on it and if you wear the ring that gets you like uh free access to any of the live shows so you have to pay for a ticket yeah you can like flash the ring at the door and you just get in for free it's that kinda, would be cool it's like a i don't my american sports knowledge is not good what are the big rings they have the super bowl rings super bowl ring. yeah, all the jewel well yeah i, I want to say that size it doesn't have to be diamonds but you know i was thinking something a little bit more discreet with something in latin no 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 but no, you no. want it to be like a like a king's ring oh yeah people the bouncer would have to kiss on the way in yeah lots of ideas lots of ideas is what we're saying interesting well if you make super bowl style rings get in touch we could put in an order what the f were we a demon fought a leprechaun and oh he, yeah and the leprechaun turned into the incredible hulk i think my brain was so eager <laughs> to move to forward that. that we just completely moved past it yeah, the, the hypothesis being thrown out here by this gentleman is that a <laughs> leprechaun fought a demon and in the process burst into ash, he was seeming to imply. And yet there were bones at the site. I don't know. It sounded like it would transform into a werewolf or something. Scare away the demon. is isn't all quite add up. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This discovery by PJ O'Hare whipped up leprechaun fever in the town. Rory, you know how this goes. A, a cryptid comes to visit a small town. You got about 30 minutes until you've got a manhunt on your hands. Locals with guns, news reporters, everyone flooding in. Shortly after the bones and clothes were discovered, the townspeople participated in a mass leprechaun hunt that sadly turned up exactly zero leprechauns. But it has now become an annual family tradition at 2pm on one Sunday every March. In this specific location, in this town? Yes. Because as you said, you know, we both grew up in Ireland and 
leprechaun hunting wasn't necessarily a any part of my childhood. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland, they are two different beasts, you know? It's very um, true, very true. Not just, like, the modern, like, the yeah, they're two different countries and all that, but, like, even culturally, I feel like there's different... There's different folklore, different myths, isn't there? Not a lot of leprechaun chat north of the border. Yeah, well, we did We did both go to the same school growing up, and I think we've mentioned on this podcast before, we had uh, a class called Heritage Class. And we cannot stress this this story enough. Part of the exam for Heritage Class was, I think one of the questions, if you could call it a question, was <laughs> draw a mermaid. <laughs> we were graded on how successfully and detailed. You've ever wondered why we're such dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> we, par- we were at school drawing mermaids while you guys were learning algebra. I don't know how you grade <laughs> an exam like this if that was sent off to a board. <laughs> You forgot the gills. You fail. (laughs) But um, it was a. I'm pretty sure I even drew a leprechaun at one point. I really feel in this paranormal life, we've got a unique insight into the human mind. More than most people, we've seen how at the first sign of something weird happening, the natural response of human beings is to form a bloodthirsty mob to hunt the beast down. Yeah, a beast is a very dramatic (laughs) uh, word to use. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot. And whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. And this isn't the only supposed first-hand evidence of real leprechauns. Self-proclaimed leprechaun whisperer Kevin Woods saw his first leprechauns in 2003, spotting a trio of them on a rock on a mountainside. He didn't manage to get a picture, but says that he came across a stash of gold coins, hello, at the bottom of a stone wall nearby. This was just the beginning of his story. He claims that holding the coins opened up a magical line of communication between him and Carrig, the elder of the leprechauns. Wow. Carrig told Kevin 
there were only 236 leprechauns left in Ireland and that they needed his help. Carg told Kevin where to find the entrance to the secret cavern the leprechauns retreated to. He dug down to it and built a set of 12 concrete steps so he can access them anytime, day or night. In 2009, he even managed to make leprechauns a protected species under the European Habitats Directive. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. Wow. Talking about his relationship with them, Kevin has stated, I can communicate with them whenever I wish. I have the gift. Leprechauns are spirits who can take the form of whatever we wish them to be. In my case, I see them as small men, about 12 to 14 inches right, in height. So it's all the way wear, most people see they leprechauns. They wear a suit in the... Sorry, let me finish. They wear a suit in a traditional green colour. Okay. It has gold buckles and a belt fastener. So, but yeah. that's only because I have the gift. <laughs> Pretty fascinating idea though, don't you think? Leprechauns are paranormal beings that can take any shape they want, but they choose to appear as elves in suits. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't really know why. Is there like a justification behind that? Well, I think we've come across this kind of thing before. This idea of aliens come to Earth and the reason they all have big bulbous heads and big eyes and they're grey is because that's what we think they look like, so they appear to us the way we expect them to. Right. It probably goes back to the Bible. I'm sure, like, God or something works like that. You know, this thing of, like, angels look, just look like people with wings because if you saw their true form, your head would f***ing explode. Dude, have you seen the drawings of, like like uh properly descript the original angel form in the bible uh, i don't think so it's the wildest thing to, no. i think like based on like the i don't know how I, I don't know what it is but like early descriptions of what an angel looks like okay like ac- totally accurate depictions of an angel right you will not believe yeah it's not a beautiful maiden in a white dress and, a, and and wings it's not even a human no uh, i shouldn't be googling the wor- words angel true form <laughs> That's like you after you match with someone on Tinder. Surely it can't be. <laughs> this is a biblically accurate angel. No, f- off. You have to hold. Yeah, there's so much going on. There's no way it's it's a biblically accurate. This is the plot of Akira or something. <laughs> this is a mutant. A nuclear mutant sent back from the future with some sort of gene splicing technology. It's it looks it, like an it, awesome. it looks like the rings of Halo covered in thousands of eyes with an antichrist child at the middle <laughs> re- emanating radioactive energy. I don't know what like maybe it's like an early iteration before it was kind of adapted and changed. But um, I love that though, like it, I because it's it doesn't it feel more realistic that these supernatural beings are would be much stranger than we can imagine. I, I guess the only interesting part is like as you said with aliens, if they do appear in that form because that's what humans think aliens will look like. Where <clears> is <throat> the origin of that form? Because yeah. even, you know, the depictions of aliens in movies with the bug eyes and the big heads and stuff, was that just something dreamt up or did that have its origin somewhere, you know? Doesn't it feel like a pretty natural conclusion? So we came from Homo erectus, cave people, and Neanderthals, etc. And we were, we used to be muscly, hairy, short, and we've kind of gotten taller, skinnier, hairless, yeah. and bigger heads. 
And oh, so I the see. idea is like if we keep going, we'll eventually be totally smooth, skinny, <laughs> massive heads and massive eyes. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the the future of evolution. So this guy, Kevin, says the leprechauns have excavated underground tunnels. Uh, the breadth of the country, and he knows now where they mine their gold. Uh, apparently, currently, uh, Avoca in uh, County Wicklow. Don't know if I'm saying that right. And the Glens of Antrim. This is my ancestral homeland. Wow. Um, I could definitely picture leprechaun gold mines in the Glens of Antrim. Yeah, yeah. He guards these coins with his life. As he says, without them, he'll lose his gift of leprechaun communication. He says they're being kept, quote, in a place that won't be revealed until I die. And if you want to go tour his underground leprechaun mine <laughs> uh, that he built steps to, it's uh, only seven euro per child and three euro fifty per adult. It's cheaper for an adult? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess it's, Why? A, it's a sliding scale because it's a place for small people. I don't know. <laughs> So these are some of the more recent stories, but as you can probably guess, stories involving leprechauns go way back. And here's one from August 1908 in a newspaper called the Derry Journal with the headline, very straightforward here, Leprechaun Caught. Great sensation has been caused at the town by the report that the leprechaun, which several children stated they had seen during the past two months, has been captured. Two policemen found a creature of dwarfish proportions in a wood near the town and brought the little man to Mullingar Workhouse, where he is now an inmate. He eats greedily, but all attempts to interview him have failed, his only reply being a peculiar sound between a growl and a squeal. The inmates regard him with interest mixed with awe. Once they captured the beast, it turned out he actually wasn't that short. He was over four feet tall, so uh, oh, he's no. just a short man. Uh, could still be a leprechaun, though. Could still be. What did you say this was? 1908. Oh boy, we're talking about the years of ignorance, my <laughs> friends. One reporter from this newspaper was actually given special access to interview the strange creature. He took my proffered hand and shook it lightly between his thin fingers. He appears between 30 and 40 years of age, and continuous conversation was impossible with him. After a few words, he broke into gibberish, ejaculating sounds, etc. Meon, meon, on, on, on. One minute his face was all smiles, the next his expression was ludicrously solemn. Asked if he knew where his gold was hid, as the leprechaun is supposed to know, he answered only with the ejaculations above. There's only a record of the leprechaun ever saying two sentences. Uh, goodbye, safe home, which he said to the reporter we just heard from. <laughs> and, uh, and also, my mammy in Tullamore Infirmary meaning, I guess, his mum is in hospital in Tullamore. This feels so wrong. Uh, and it wasn't long until a travelling freak show struck a deal to get the leprechaun in their show. And the last mention of him in the newspaper was, the Irish leprechaun is now attracting thousands of visitors in the Glasgow Museum. Last night, there was a long queue waiting in mission to see him. That poor bastard. That is where the trail goes cold and we don't know the fate of the probable human being, maybe Leprechaun of 1908. Good Lord. <laughs> that was a, a real whirlwind of ignorance, wasn't it? I, I That is baffling. <laughs> that no one had considered any other option. 
there's something that has gone very wrong when a policeman <laughs> is ye- yelling at a man of any size in a cell. Where's the gold? Something's gone very wrong for you to get that into that situation. There's something I find so funny about how he is speaking complete gibberish. He cannot be interviewed, cannot communicate. But then when the guy leaves, he goes, goodbye, safe home. <laughs> I love that. Absolute gibberish for 45 minutes and then cheers me and have a good one. <laughs> what a rude world where the owner of a freak show can just buy a human <laughs> from a prison. Where does he get the authority? I can't believe they took him to a workhouse as well. As if yeah. like, right, you better speak up or you got to work in a factory now. <laughs> Why? I didn't do anything wrong. You may be a leprechaun. You may not be a leprechaun. Either way, you're making me some f***ing shoes. <laughs> now, obviously, there's a heavy association between leprechauns and Ireland, but there have been sightings of little green men around the world. There's a story from the Swedish province of Skåne in January 1931. 24-year-old farmhand Helga Eriksson was on his way home from his friend's house when he saw 12 tiny men walking towards him. You can see where this is going. Yeah. They passed him within meters and he got a really good look at them. They marched like a little army and were dressed in green clothes and hats. Their outfits appeared to be one-piece garments like a onesie. Helga described their facial expressions as hard and cruel. They all had beards and left a strong smell behind long after they marched into the darkness. Well, that's a wild story. Because <laughs> for a lot of different reasons, you know, this isn't a glimpse in the darkness yeah. of a solemn figure. This is 12 of them. She's got a good enough look at these little guys to see the expressions on their faces. Yep. And one place that seems to get an inordinate amount of leprechaun sightings is America, of all places. A Pennsylvania police chief named Mike reported hitting one with his service vehicle. Whoa! He maintains that a small, bald, dirty man dressed in ragged clothes approximately two feet tall ran out in front of his cruiser and there was no time to stop. (laughs) He jumped out of the car to make sure the little guy was okay. This is a child, by the way. There's no way this isn't a child. He hit a child with a cop car. He jumped out to make sure the little guy was okay. The leprechaun let out a hysterical shriek and hopped to his feet and disappeared into the grass on the other side of the road. It's not hysterical if you... Like, <laughs> saying something's hysterical is saying it's an overreaction. Yeah. You hit him with your cruiser. <laughs> it's like, he whined like a f***ing baby and ran into the woods. No, he, you almost killed him. He has broken legs. Chief Mike was very disturbed by the encounter. Unfortunately, it was only a few weeks before St. Patrick's Day and the guys in the bullpen just laughed at his story. Yeah, you gotta wait till Christmas to tell that one. As a joke, one of the other officers left a dollar store shamrock hat on the chief's doorstep with a note reading, I'm coming for ya, Mikey. (laughs) Apparently, when he discovered the note, he started crying and told his family he wanted to quit the force. Oh, that's sad. He insists to this day what he hit was a leprechaun. You got to uh, you got to admire that level of dedication. Um, to the you know, story. this is someone who, whether or not we believe the events truly did happen, they believe wholeheartedly that it did happen. And uh, you know, you have that a lot in the paranormal. Something that seems so improbable, but people will swear by it. They'll swear by their testimonies, even if it means losing their jobs, their friends, their family. Um, and ultimately, it can be quite a sad thing. 
like in, in this case, you know, it, it's a funny story, but this poor guy who, <laughs> yeah, like is not a cop anymore. Probably, he probably doesn't hang out with his friends anymore. Yep. It's a blessing every day when I hop into a car that I don't hit a leprechaun. Because all it takes is a paranormal experience like that, and your life is over. I think it's it's over for good. I think you said it best in a recent podcast, something to the effect of, if I saw a dog wearing Yeezys, I'm not telling anyone. I'm not going to say a peep. Yeah. No. And as he said in the episode, if I do, I'm going to leave out the Yeezys part. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's certain stories that don't translate. You can't tell them. There's no point. Take them to the grave. Take it it to the deathbed. That's fine. Yeah. And and, (laughs) and, and maybe maybe take them past the deathbed. (laughs) Because the last thing a family wants is their last grandfather's words to just be like, I never told you this, but... I hit a leprechaun with my police car. Because what they were hoping you were going to say was, I um, buried treasure in the backyard. Right. I want you to dig it up before, you know, anyone forgets. Yeah, even when you say the word leprechaun, they're hoping you have some gold somewhere. (laughs) You don't want to drag the child in closer and say, and he's coming back for you, Mikey Jr. (laughs) Slides a gun under the blanket. I need you to finish what I started. Uh, no, granddad, no. <laughs> or would you, you probably tell him yes, and then when he passes away, just be like, just slide the gun bla- back under the blanket, maybe. How did granddad get a gun into a <laughs> hospital? hospital? He's wearing a gown and that's it. He doesn't have anything. <laughs> and that brings us to perhaps the most famous leprechaun sighting of all time, Rory. This happened in Crichton, Alabama in 2006. The... There shouldn't be a leprechaun in Crichton, Alabama. Let's just get that out of the way. You know, as someone who has uh, family and uh, a life, both in America and in Ireland, mm-hmm. I would say people in America go even harder uh, when it comes to like the celebration the of Irish heritage. Uh-huh. I mean, um, my family were from uh, Savannah, Georgia, and they have uh, huge St. Patrick's Day parades that take over the entire town for days. Yeah, I don't... It's I, enormous. I don't know if uh, Americans or people from other countries know this. They think St. Patrick's Day, big Irish thing. All Irish politicians go to America for St. Patrick's Day. Is that true? It's a tradition, yeah, that like Irish politicians go to the New York parade. Yeah, they, like... They, they get invited. I know they do. I mean, the, the thing here in Ireland is you just get absolutely battered. <laughs> like from nine in the morning... You have a have a pint and you just drink throughout the whole day. It's kind of it. And there's like a couple things. I think at the town hall, they serve Guinness pie or something, you know, like right. it'll be little things like that. And maybe a couple costumes and stuff. But yeah, in America, they go hard. Yeah. And there's obviously a huge Irish community over in the States as well. So I'm not surprised that some of that, that legend and lore has carried over to the States. This is still going to surprise you, I feel. Okay. Uh, the local press had been receiving calls for days about a leprechaun in town. As it was close to St. Patrick's Day, eventually a reporter went to interview some local witnesses and the whole thing kind of snowballed. Well, just in time for St. Patrick's Day, crowds are coming by the dozens to get an up-close view at what some say is a piece of Irish folk- folklore. Some people in the Crichton area of Mobile say a leprechaun has taken up residence in their neighborhood. A leprechaun. NBC 15's <laughs> Brian Johnson has more. Q 
Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bring binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! <laughs> Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch oh resembles God. what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. And it told him to get up in a tree and play a leprechaun. Yeah, still on there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. This guy helping to direct traffic says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's, he's dressed as a soldier. This wars off spells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute, which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather. Why does he have that? I just came to help out. Others just came to get leprechaun leprechaun flute. gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know where the gold is. I want the gold. <laughs> Give me the gold. I want the gold. <laughs> this is this wild. This is Brian Johnson, NBC 15 News. That was instant. That all happened so fast. This is an ancient leprechaun flute <laughs> passed down from my great 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 grandfather. That man looked like a marine. He was dressed head to toe in like camo armor. <laughs> By the way, the top comment is. Quote, this is a special leprechaun flute passed on from thousands of years. He's holding a scaffolding adapter. <laughs> it does look like a metal pipe. There's no way it makes noise. Wow, at no point did they even attempt to show a picture of it or a video of whatever the thing was that people were claiming was a leprechaun. There were like, there were crowds of people around it and police sketchings and drawings. And at no point did they even show what the thing was. And yet one of the guys goes... Who's seen a leprechaun say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, one woman said she thinks it's a crackhead who got hold of, quote, the wrong stuff. <laughs> but when, when you saw the tree that the leprechaun is allegedly up at the end, it's not a big tree. <laughs> if it was a fully grown man hanging from the tree like a sloth, you would know. <laughs> I don't understand how it's one of those two things. A crackhead who got hold of the wrong stuff and told him to be a leprechaun. Incredible. Wow. You're right. I was surprised by that. There was another sighting in America. This just goes to show how when leprechauns travel, they can get up to no good. This was a piece in Ohio about a leprechaun on a crime spree. Headline, gas station clerk says robber looked like a leprechaun. 19-year-old clerk said he was held up by a short man with a wrinkly face and pointy ears. The robber ran out of the store with a 24-pack of beer, and then the clerk gave chase. The robber then pulled out a handgun, and a physical altercation ensued before the robber fled with a group in a car. Um, this is the CCTV image of the leprechaun. That's a man! That's a full-grown man! Now... Just in jeans and a jacket. Stealing a 24-pack of beer is something a leprechaun might do, but I do feel that the, I agree, the man-like imagery here and the fact that he had a gun and a getaway car. <laughs> he also doesn't look very small. He looks like a fully grown man. <laughs> he looks hunched over is about it. Lastly, Rory, I know we do have to get 
and I know at the end of the podcast, we do have to get down to conclusions, but just firstly, right off the bat, I thought we could uh, look at practical advice to our listeners that if they do want to get to that pot of gold, if they do want to get something out of a leprechaun sighting, our researcher, Amy, has taken the liberty of finding a couple of pretty interesting leprechaun trap ideas. Oh, okay. Um, so we got two here. Let me know what you think of these. We'll go with number one. All right. So trap number one here, it is, it is it's a box with a, str- you know, it's, it's the basic generic cartoon trap, a box <laughs> with, held up by a stick with a piece of rope on the, uh, on the stick to pull away when the creature's close. Classic. But at the bottom, leading into the box, is a cardboard <laughs> cutout of a rainbow, cotton balls to illustrate clouds, and gold coins. This seems a little bit counterintuitive because what you're trying to trap the leprechaun with is everything that a leprechaun already has. This right, is but, kind but of how strange. did he get it? Does he need, not need to collect coins? I don't know. Is he like Sonic the Hedgehog? I, well, no, I don't. I have no idea how he get their wealth, but aside from the story we just heard, we don't really hear about leprechauns robbing people <laughs> or stealing things. I, I question the the strength of this trap. I feel like someone even small would be able to break out of that bad boy. Okay, well, if you didn't like that one, you're not going to like this one either. This one is, by the way, from MarthaStewart.com. Why is she getting involved? This seems just offensive. <laughs> this is just... This is just... <laughs> I hate f- this. I hate this. This is a pint glass with a tiny ladder leading up to the top of it. And inside the glass are some gold coins. <laughs> the idea being, I assume, that he would climb up. And then a bit like a spider would not be able to negotiate the slippy insides. Right, and get stuck in this glass. <clears throat> I don't know why they think a leprechaun is the size of a f- beetle i think it's pretty well established that they're little men <laughs> so i don't think this is necessarily practical you're getting weirdly angry at this for someone who's allegedly not a leprechaun i am getting angry at this i feel like the very thought of trapping a leprechaun is already going to put you in their on their bad side well that is true i feel like if you're gonna go to the links to piss them off and risk the wrath of the leprechaun the trap you should be using is a bear trap. So when they stand be, in it, it, their little legs are taken off their little body. It should be a, a kind of World War II trenches trap for catching rats, which is a piece of cheese on the end of a bayonet. And as soon as he reaches for it, you shoot them. Exactly. Uh, I really love that in this one that you hate. There's a sign that says, do not climb. This is apparently appealing to the mischievous instincts of the leprechaun. They want to, to be fair, I wanted to climb a little bit after yeah. seeing that sign. Rory, we've looked at a pretty goddamn wide range of evidence today from supposed artifacts themselves, um, the clothes, the the um, bones. We have eyewitness testimony. We have people who claim to be able to communicate to this day with the leprechauns, giving us their physical location through to sightings arguably all over the world from sweden to america what are you thinking this is such a fun story because as i said even when we looked into dragons similar creature mythological has a has years and years of lore behind them sure there weren't that many real life sightings there weren't that many people convinced that they had seen or experienced a dragon whereas with leprechauns i had no idea that there were this many people convinced that they had 
either seen a leprechaun or had the gold coins from a leprechaun or the clothes or bones of a leprechaun, there is a lot more uh, real world experience uh, with this this creature, which is really fascinating. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought it was all going to be like Irish folklore and things that happened centuries and centuries ago. It paints a pretty realistic picture of how Irish people uh, live alongside the paranormal. You know, you know, we're skeptics in a lot of ways. We give a lot of cases, double no's. But at the end of the day, we wouldn't cover these things if we didn't think they were worth talking about. And I think anyone who's got Irish family or are Irish themselves, they'll know that there's someone in their family, at least one person who genuinely believes in all this shit. Swears by, you know, like, you know, even in my family, there's family curses, family omens. Yo, yeah, yeah. Someone who's heard the cry of the banshee mm-hmm. or seen the Dullahan on a moonlit night. Yeah, it is really interesting. I guess the thing with the leprechaun is maybe it's a unique case because even though it is, uh, you know, a magical mythological entity, it's a very realistic one. Mm-hmm. You know, the stories that we heard aren't really from people who saw it flying across the sky on a magic cloud or anything like that. At its heart, it's just a very small human. And there are, you know, varying degrees as like magic gold and rainbows and touching pots to be able to communicate with the leprechaun elder. There's very dramatic versions of that. But, you know, at its heart, it is just a small person. Um, so you can see how people could be convinced in cer- certain circumstances that that's what they saw and that's what they witnessed. At the risk of uh, throwing any amount of science into this uh, episode <laughs> and any kind of common sense, there was a while back researchers who look at like human history and stuff. For a long time, they kind of thought it all happened pretty linearly. Like I said before, we had Neanderthals, um, Homo erectus, all these things. But it was like one after the other. And then we're mm-hmm. the most recent one. But more recently, they start to now think that actually the different the different types of humans throughout history actually lived a lot more alongside than we thought. Yeah, out in Asia and those kind of areas, they found evidence of a type of early human called Denisovans. And they were kicking about till about 30,000 years ago. So they were around for a long time alongside us. I mean, we've been around for a quarter million years. Wow. Uh, and they were humans that were about three to four feet tall and hung out in caves and did all kind of the same things we did. Um, That's crazy. So Different type of human? Wow. They, they, there were little people. It's wild. A whole race of little people, you know? Yeah. So it's very interesting and intriguing to think what if these things are just like baked into our psychology yeah. from evolution that we live alongside little people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can see it. Um I think the important distinction here is we're talking about a very specific version of that, which is the much more fantastical gold coin, (laughs) magic rainbows, fairy people with the pointy ears, and sometimes a handgun. Yeah, yeah. I'm not defending that. Um, (laughs) In conclusion, at the end of every episode, we do have to decide whether our given case is truly paranormal or not. What are you saying today, Rory? Great episode. Loved it. Lots of real world cases and some fantastic evidence, which I love. But I am missing that crucial bit, that crucial push for me to swap over to the side of this being a real world creature or a entity that does in fact exist. So I'm going to say no this week for me. 
Ooh, baby, it was a close one, but uh, I think I'll have to go double no as well. I'll be honest with you, I didn't think Leprechauns... was going to be a toss-up. ...was going to be that much of even, <laughs> yeah, a close call. Uh, you know, I'd like to go to this annual leprechaun hunt. So would I. I want to go... night vision goggles and a hunting knife. I want to go to that, uh, that, that well the guy has built. Mm-hmm. You go down the steps, it's so cheap for adults, so that would be great. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Wow, what a case. And right off the bat, thank you so much to Amy Grisdale for researching this. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you've encountered leprechauns in your own life, please let us know how you got on. Just You should have let us know a lot earlier. <laughs> I don't know why you would have You're waited until we, think to yourself, <laughs> we yeah. covered it on the pot. That gold coin of a story, if you will. Uh, send it on into this Paranormal Life podcast at gmail.com. Guys, if you just cannot wait until next Tuesday to get your fix of This Paranormal Life, let it be known that over on patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life, there are now 42 episodes, full-length This Paranormal Life episodes. What? Available for just five bucks. If you send us $5, you get access to 42 full-length episodes. I think it's a hell of a deal. Um, It's also the best way to support This Paranormal Life. It makes us uh, able to keep making these shows. And we've been doing it for years at this point, all thanks to our patrons. And we will be bringing in the gold coin tier very okay, soon. Well, so no, stay, I wouldn't say soon because keep your you eyes literally peeled, just talked folks. about it for the first time. And if you're interested in merchandise, we also have a merch store over on thisparanormallife.com where you can grab t-shirts, short sleeves, long sleeves. We've got Chompy's designs to rep your favorite North Korean cereal. Or just classic, minimal, this Paranormal Life logos. Anything you could want is over at our store. And we will be bringing in the golden rings okay, soon to the that's store. Quite enough. It grants I thought you, you said access it was a to the VIP Patreon. lounge. Okay. <laughs> the coins are on the Patreon, the rings are on the store. The links to Patreon and our merch store are in the description of this podcast. So just swipe up there. Um, and check out your app, and you should get the links. Or just head on over to thisparanormallife.com. You can get all the links there. But you know what really makes us smile? You know what really makes us tick? You know, we can we can win awards. We can we can have people listening to the show and saying, oh, I love this show. Oh, thank you. Oh, I tune in every week. And you would I've think that would make us happy. It doesn't f***ing scratch our icy cold heart surface. I don't feel it. I haven't felt anything in years. You know what does get through? A nice, hot, warm, toasty, fresh out the oven iTunes review. <laughs> Five star review. Best podcast ever. Look, the people in the charts, they've had it a little too easy for a little too long. It's all like, ooh, I'm a professional comedian and I have my little podcast. Ooh, I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to talk about that. Not anymore, folks. We are assembling an army of paranormal soldiers, and it's time to hashtag storm the charts, all right? So if you listen to the show and you want to support it, you want it to grow like a disease, like a virus. No one wants it to grow like a disease. (laughs) Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, whatever you listen to, there will be a way to leave a review, leave a rating, support the show, and all of that helps to uh, boost the numbers and to um, spread 
No, no salmon. No, no. I mean, we're living in a global pandemic, so don't talk about our podcast as a, a viral disease. That's terrible branding. It's time to storm the charts. Transit with me, Kit. Storm the charts. It does make a huge difference for us. Uh, you know, over the last couple of years, we've we started off obviously making this podcast in the UK. That was where our whole audience is. Now we have way more people listening in the US than even here in Europe, which is nuts to say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we even have people listening in now from Australia, New Zealand and beyond. So um, that's all kind of thanks to you guys. We're raiding Australia. We're raiding New Zealand. <laughs> spreading the news. We're arriving and, uh, on our boats and slitting the throat of any man, woman and child that podcasts. I just have to breeze past and hope I can remove it in the edit because it's Storm so aggressive. Storm the charts, my soldiers. And to Storm the charts. And to let you through. You're becoming more like a pirate as, <laughs> as the episode goes on. And to, to kind of give you the inside baseball of it all. Like yeah, we, we've arr. kind of, uh, we, we get uh, updates like every week on kind of where we are charting in the world. And we like do. we're always uh, tantalizingly on the edge of charting in various countries. Like, I think we got an email last week that we were like a hundred and something in Australia for the first time. We're so close. And uh, I think like top, you know, 200 shows in the US and top 100 in the UK. But it's like, we never quite break through. Um, but thanks to your help, we think we we hopefully will be able to in future. So raise your cutlass oh, towards the sky. Storm the chart. Storm, Storm the, the chart. charts. We need some, some thunder effects here. Storm yeah. the charts. So enjoy the coming week. We will see you next Tuesday. Remember to enjoy yourself and, of course, storm the charts. Uh, we'll see you back here on Tuesday for a brand new paranormal tale. Remember to live fast, investigate, and die, die young. Bye-bye.